So the 8th of January 2023. I wonder how 2022 was for all of us. For you, for me. Did we achieve that which we had planned to achieve in 2022? Of course, the new year comes and we all have, I would imagine, resolutions, they call them. Eh? New Year's resolutions. We've got plans. We want to achieve stuff. We want to get to, to um, do stuff. And then the year comes to an end. And um, I wonder whether we look back and think, did I really do it? Did I achieve that which I wanted to achieve or not? I think we all fall into that category. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with planning. In fact, New Year's resolutions are good if we can hold on to them. There's a man who said this. He said that um, he who does not, um, he who fails to plan actually plans to fail. So we have to plan. We have to have ideas. We have to have what God has given us. It's given us a gift. It's given us a, um, a brain. We need to plan. We need to have some sort of something you need to achieve. Of course, that thing should be aligned to what God has for us. So I thought it wise for us to start off 2023 with um, a, um, a call for you from me to you and from you to me, to help me, to help each other. So I've got two issues this morning that I would like to address as a, as a church, as, as believers, as friends, as a family. And um, two issues that we'll be looking at. And um, these two issues have, believe it or not, dominated the human population for the longest time, for the longest time, um, for centuries. And not only have they dominated us as humans, those who have gone before us, those who are with us, and those who are going to come, this, it, it will continue to dominate us into the future. These two issues dominate us, those who are saved, us who believe in Christ, and those who are not saved alike. So it's not as though because we are saved, you are special, or because you're not saved, you are not special. Both of those categories um, influence us, uh, these, two, these two issues. And the trouble is, when these two issues are combined, they have a devastating effect and effect on the human condition. The human population. And so as we start 2023, my call to us is to look at these issues and address them because they are, they are universal, but they also um, internal. So they also, it, it pertains to you individually and us together collectively. Now I can see your faces are all, what is this guy on about? What are these issues? Tell us, tell us. Well, I will be happy to tell you this morning. The issues that I want you to help me address and us address together are twofold. The first one 
is this issue about worry. The issue about worry. And then the second issue is the issue of or about trust. Now, there's no need to panic now, because I, I know the moment I said worry, you're like, oh, okay, well, what? I mean, we worry, don't, don't we? Human nature calls us to worry. Um, what do you have that can change? If this, these issues have dominated history, what are you going to say this morning that's going to help us to maybe change that? Well, the beauty is God's children is that He, the King of Kings, in His grace and mercy, has given us the keys uh, um, or principles to address and overcome these issues in and through His most holy word, the word of God. Um, so, let's look at the first one. Worry. And I began by asking you this morning, when I say the word worry, what goes through your mind? What goes through your mind? I say the word worry. The trouble is we are forever worrying about something. We are forever worrying about something. Am I going to make it? Am I going to have enough? Will I live long enough to see my grandkids? Will I live long enough to experience and achieve all that I want to? All the things that I've possibly planned. Will I end up achieving those things? In fact, will I get married? Will I make enough? Will I provide well as a husband? Will I be a good, suitable helper to as a wife to my, to my husband. Will I start a new business? Is it going to make it? Is it going to fail? It, will I? Will I? Will I? Will I? And if you have to be honest with yourself this morning, you probably are worried about something right now. If you're going to be dead honest with yourself, you are probably worried about something right now. And if that's the case, we have actually have to um, try and understand what this word worry means, how it looks um, and how it uh, applies to us as individuals. So the dictionary says this about worry. The, the, the term worry is the state of being anxious and troubled over actual or potential problems. Ah, so it's a state of being anxious and troubled over actual, something that is real, that's possibly happening, or potential, something that may happen. Something that may happen, but we are anxious and worried and troubled about this particular problem. And see, the Word of God gives us a solution. It gives us an antidote to worry, or against worry. And so let's look at the Word of God. Let's look at what the Word of God says about this particular topic. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you take them out, please, and turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew 
Matthew chapter 6. So we're taking a break from uh, 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 reading through the book of Philippians for, for this morning. Um, but just to get this year started, we need to address these two issues so that we can set ourselves up for victory in, in Jesus. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on, is, it not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are, than they And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? So this word in Matthew tells us, begins by telling us that we are not to be worried about life. We are not to be worried about life. The word worry is a compound word from the Greek, from two Greek words, part and to divide. So in other words, what the Word of God says in the Greek, worry is dividing care into parts. Worry is the division of two objects. Two objects. Will the bad thing happen to me or will the good thing happen to me? So we're dividing two two statements, two parts. This is, we find ourselves, we're asking ourselves, is this going to happen to me, the good stuff, or is it not going to happen to me, and the bad stuff will happen to me? But this word tells us we are not to worry about life. And the trouble is, if worry as Christians and non-Christians, as human beings, if worry is not addressed, it leads to anxiety. If worry is not addressed, it leads to anxiety. And the reality is, God has given us the um, ability to address this issue. It is up to us to address it. But we address it with his help. We can go to psychologists and they play a, a vital role. We can read, as, um, we can read books. We can, we can do all sorts of things. And that's part of trying to help ourselves. But the greatest help is found through this word of God. So we understand, if worry is not addressed, it leads to anxiety. Well then, what is anxiety? What is anxiety? We understand what worry is. You're wondering, you, you're caught between two areas. A good thing going to happen to me or the bad thing going to happen to me. Well then, what is anxiety? Anxiety 
is, is suspension between two points. So anxiety is suspension between two points. The idea is to be drawn in different directions at the same time. The person is not in either the bad or good area state, but in a state of suspension between the two. So anxiety leaves us suspended. Is, uh, am I in a good place or am I in a bad place? How's it gonna, uh, how does my life look like? What's going to happen with me? This is what worry does. Produces anxiety. The word in Matthew says we are not to worry about life. We are not to worry about what we will eat. About what we are going to drink. We are not to worry about our bodies. What you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Now that statement cuts to my heart. It says I'm not to worry about what I'm going to eat. I'm not to worry about my body. I'm not to worry about what I'm going to put on. Now the moment I, I say that in my head, I think to myself, I can't help. I have to worry about my body. I have to worry about what I'm going to eat. Um, it, it's almost human nature that we have to worry, isn't it? We almost are driven to worry. But then the word of God is actually against it. it it's the opposite to it. He says, no, no, do not worry about those things. Well, let's see how we are not to worry about these things and how we can address it. So, the argument here is not absolute. Jesus did not argue for irresponsibility in taking care of one's family, taking care of yourself. Uh, Jesus didn't say that you must just be lazy and just expect things to be given to you. He's given you a brain, he's given you talents, he's given you abilities. And so he's given you um, resources that he needs you to use, to utilize, to help yourself, to clothe yourself, to feed yourself, to uh, clothe others, to feed others. The things that he's given you, he's given you for you and the greater um, family at large. So there's a work to be, to be, uh, to be done. I've always said, um, you know, you get guys who, I don't know whether this is generalizing, but uh, if it is, forgive me. But you will get guys who are very quick to hand out, put their hands out. Give me, give me, give me. And I'll say to some of them that I've dealt with, well, what are you doing with what God has given you? What are you doing? I'm praying about it. Okay? How long have you been praying about it? For a long time. So is, is that all that you're doing? You're praying about what? And I will encourage them and say, what has God given you? God has given you two hands. You don't have food. Why don't you have food? Because you're not utilizing your, using your hands to generate an income. God has given you hands. He's given you the ability. So go out there, go knock, knock on doors and get a job. 
Don't just sit and put your hand out. And as you pray, God would drop from heaven money's galore. No, God has given you the ability. He's given you the, 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 um, the tools that you need to be able to function. And in fact, He expects you to use those tools that He's given you to function. Not only for your good, but for the good of others as well. And often guys will just walk away from me and not like me anymore. Because I've said such, such things. But I mean, that's what the Word of God says. Well, why do I have uh, hands? Why do I have a brain and mouths and, and my eye? Why? What, what is, why has God put us together? And why has He given us specific skills sets? So Jesus wasn't arguing for laziness. As a man, I need to provide for my family. I need to work hard. I need to do what I can do to provide, to generate. That is the least that I can do with the talents and gifts that God has given me. But in part of it, I've got to trust God that He leads the way. As I go knocking on that door, Lord, is it the right door? No. Try the next one and so forth. But I'm forever doing something. I'm not just sitting, hands wide open, outstretched and praying, God, give. So this particular um, subject matter, God was not, uh, Jesus wasn't arguing, uh, endorsing irresponsibility. He was endorsing the fact that God will look after you. As you do what, you, what he's called you to do, he's given you talents and gifts. As you do it, he will look after you. But you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And so this argument uh, is from the greater to the lesser. The word there, uh, more than, gives an argument from the greater to the lesser. Life is of greater priority than meeting the mundane issues of daily living. Now here, life means the soul, but it also carries with it the idea of self. And overemphasis on daily living will distort the priorities of life. Thus, Jesus' first argument against worry is this. If God gave life, then God will sustain life. If God gave life, we sang about it this morning, everything was made by Him and for Him. He is the one who ordained it. He created us for His glory. And if He created us, He will sustain us. But in him sustaining us, there's a part we need to play. So Jesus offered three illustrations against anxiety in this passage of Scripture. The first one, first illustration is how God cares for the birds. Second one is how God cares for the lilies. And the third is how God cares for the grass. How is that? How God cares for nature. God says this. Look at the birds of the air. Look at what I've created. 
The birds of the air illustrate God's providential care. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Birds fly here and there seeking food, but they do not grow their own food or put the food into storage. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Have you ever wondered about these birds and creatures? Birds fly around. They are looking. They're flying everywhere. They're looking for food. They're looking to, I mean, they need to eat. Otherwise, they'll also, they're not humans. They don't have a soul, but they understand that they need to eat. If they don't eat, they will die. So what do they do? They get out there and, and, and fly around looking for food. That's the first thing that they do. They don't sit in their nest hoping, God, please give. Oh, they fly out there. And as they go, they are working. They are looking. They don't know how they're going to find it, but they're looking. And then God uses, in His providential care for them, He uses us. We chow all our food and then we start, oh, I've had enough and I chuck this and that. Ah, the bird that's flying around sees that food has been dropped there. Goes in, eats of that food. And guess what? The tummies are full. God looks after them. But they don't just sit and wait. They do something. They go out there flying, looking for food. God providentially cares for the birds. And so he says to us through this word, Are you not of more value than they, the birds? Believers are of more value than birds. And since they are more valuable, God will care for them even more. Since we are more valuable, God will care for us even more. Even more. For believers are more dear to God than creatures without souls. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God will providentially take care of us as we go out there and do what He's called us to do? As we go out there and fly and look and do what we need to do, the work that He's called us to do, He pours, He does. He's the one who sends the rain. Look at the birds, He says. Look at the, the flowers of the field. They don't have to wander. But look how beautifully they are clothed. They don't have to go looking for rain and water, I mean water and food. And he brings the sun. He brings the rain. He brings all these things that need to be to come together so that these things can grow and look so beautiful. Who does that? God. So he says to you and I. Are you not more, are you not more valuable than the flowers of the field? than the birds of the air. Beautiful as they are, are you not more valuable? says to us this morning, let nature be your example. And also let it be a reminder and see how he 
takes care of nature, God. And if he does that, how much more will he do that for you who is created in his image? So that's the first, the first uh, issue. Issue about worry. God says, don't worry. Go do what you need to do. Go do what you know I've called you to do. I've given you gift. Go use those what I, I, I've given you. But as you do it, do not worry. I will look after you. Play your part and I will look after you. The second issue is this issue of trust. Are we together? Do we end up, do, are we, are we, we together? Please don't worry. <laughs> let's not worry. Let's, let's do what we ought, we ought to do and trust God while we do that. So the, issue, the second issue is the issue about trust. And the obvious question here is, what, what then is trust? How does trust look like? Now, trust is firm belief in the reliability, truth or ability of someone or something. So it's the reliability, truth or ability of someone or something. Now, when I said the issue about trust, I wonder how many of us thought of the, the, the very popular scripture found in Proverbs uh, 3 verse 5. It says that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Did we think of that? I think when I hear the word trust in, the, in, in Scripture, that's the first Scripture that pops into my mind. Trust in the Lord with everything, with my heart, and lean not on, on your own understanding. Well, what does that actually mean when that, that is written to us? What does it mean to lean not on your own understanding? Verse 5 is a complementary pair of commands. We see that we are told positively to trust the Lord. And then negatively, we are told not to trust in our own understanding. So positively, trust in the Lord. Negatively, don't trust in yourself. Those two things are mutually exclusive. In other words, if we trust in the Lord, we cannot also depend upon our own ability to understand everything God is doing. If we trust in the Lord, we cannot possibly um, also depend upon our own ability to understand everything God is doing. Look at your life this morning. 2022 has come and gone. 2023 is starting. Are there lots of things that you are trusting God for? 
yet we want to try and understand what God is doing. We don't see, we see stuff, but we don't see some stuff. But we want to work it out. We want to understand, we want to know, what God are you doing? I don't see what you're doing. The word says, I must trust you. 1 Corinthians 13, um, chapter 13, verse 12, tells us that we, are only, we only see in part the picture God is painting. We only see in part the picture God is painting. I wonder what picture God is painting over your life. If we are to truly trust Him, we have to let go of our pride. We have to let go of our programs and even have to let go of our plans. Because even the best laid human plans cannot begin to approach the magnificent foresight of God's plans. 1 Corinthians 25 tells it, puts it this way. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The foolishness of God. When I read that, I think to myself, ooh, how can that even be in the, in the word of God? God is not foolish. Huh? Wow. <laughs> but the foolishness of God, as we understand foolishness, is more wiser than our greatest wisdom. And the reality is that most of us have a desperate desire to understand. But in so many areas, we must acknowledge, especially as believers, as God's children, that we cannot understand all things. We must approve the God's ways even when we cannot comprehend them. There's a famous song and the lyrics say, uh, say this, When I trust Him, I do not need to understand. Think about that. When I trust Him, when you trust Him, you don't need to understand why things are happening the way they are. But what's the default mode? You want to understand why. God, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to my friend? Why can I not see? Why, is this not, uh, why am I not making sense of this thing? Why? 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 But when you trust Him, you don't need to understand. It was Isaiah who wrote um, and told us why we often don't understand what God is doing. He says in uh, chapter 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can we get to a place where we can confidently agree to that? That God's ways are higher than our ways. He's in the heavens and we're on the earth. He knows best than we, than we do. We need to get to the place where we Know God's character. 
we understand that God sees the whole picture. We only, whilst we see a tiny corner of it, a, a tiny part of the, of the picture we see. He sees the whole picture. He doesn't reveal the whole picture to us at once in his wisdom because I think if he showed us, we would all fall down. To trust in the Lord with all our heart means we can't place our own right to understand above his right to direct our lives the way he he sees it fit. When we insist on on God always making sense to our finite minds, we are setting ourselves up for spiritual trouble. And need uh, even, dare I say, spiritual failure. Because we are not created to understand everything. A limited understanding can lead us astray. And so for you and for I, 2023, we must take a decision or make a decision whether to live our lives according to personal preference or according to the unchanging word of God. What decision are we going to make? Are we going to want to live 2020 through 2023 with our own understanding? Or are we going to try to live 2023 with God's uh, direction and reliance on Him? Because the reality for us as, as uh, His children, we, we often will not understand how God is causing all things to work together for good, as Romans 8.28 tells us. But when we trust Him with all our hearts, we know that He is. That your whole situation, as um, bad as it might seem, or as low as it might seem, or as high as it might seem, we, when we trust Him, we understand that He's working it all out. For your good and for my good. So this scripture, or rather the the scripture in Matthew, it was a sermon on on the mount that Jesus was um, um, given to to people, and he was he he gave them seven arguments against worry. I'll run through them quickly. The first issue is worry, which has dominated the world, history. Second issue is is trust. And it continues to dominate even today. So seven um, arguments against worry Jesus gives. He says, number one, if God gave life, he will sustain life. If it's him who gave you your life, he will sustain it. Number two, it is God's nature. It is in God's nature to supply for His creatures. It is in God's nature to supply for His creation. 
Number three, worry is actually useless. Number four, man is the crown of creation shows the futility of worry. It is entirely useless. Worry, number five, is actually a characteristic of unbelievers. Why is it a characteristic of unbelievers? Because they don't have any, anyone to hold on to. They don't have anything to hold on to. For us as believers, uh, we are not to worry because we have God to hold on to. God, number six, God's providential care shows that um, there is no need to worry. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Look at the world. Look at the creation that He's created. Look at them and let that encourage you. You have nothing to be worried about. God will look after us. And then number five, worry for more than what is at hand compounds more worry. Worry for more than what is at hand today compounds more worry, which then also compounds more anxiety. Let nature be our example if we are feeling worried about stuff. God looks after it. He'll look after us. Lack of trust gives birth to worry, which when combined, gives birth to anxiety. Are you anxious this morning? Trust the Lord with all your heart. What does that mean biblically? It's one thing to read these things. It's one thing to read the Word of God. But what does it mean? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Well, it means that we're to trust Him with everything in us. Our whole being. Thy will. Our emotions. Our intellect. Everything. Do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, do not be clever in your own eyes. And man, I'm king of Clever in my own eyes. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In other words, involve, involve God in your thinking, in your planning, and decision making. Don't leave Him outside. He's given you the, 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 the right to think, the right to plan. It's not sinful to think and plan. But just don't exclude God as you do that, as you do that. And He will make straight your path. In other words, let's listen to Him. When you, when you plan, when you think, when you involve Him, and then He speaks and then He directs, listen and follow what He says. There's a scripture that says, um, in a, man there, in a man's heart, there are many plans. He makes many plans. And that tells me that actually God allows for us to make many plans. It's not wrong for us to make plans. 
But then he says that God orders the way that he, he should walk, the way that he should go. So involve God in your planning and in your thinking in 2023. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. The beginning of wisdom starts here by fearing God, following God. You want to be wise in this life? Then have a reverent fear of God. And read his word. So, happy 2023. I hope that we are not worried. And if you are, I hope that the word of God has encouraged you this morning and will continue to encourage you during the course of the year and into the many years that God has allotted for you. When fear comes into your life, when, when worry starts infiltrating into your life, remember to trust the one who has created you. The one who has providentially decided to care for you. Do not allow worry and lack of trust to manifest into actions of anxiety. Because we need a people who are uh, not anxious, who can stand firm. I mean, you look at the world today. Look at schools. How many children are plagued with anxiety? Parents. The world. How many? It's not right. Especially for us as, as Christians. We've got the keys. And we've got the answers. And the answer is Jesus Christ. But as I always say, it's one thing to read all these things and to hear all these things and to know the way, but it's another thing to trust and do those and follow the way. So I'm going to pray for us that uh, the Lord helps us in that. God, thank you for your most holy word. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the antidote to worry. And that is to trust in you with everything that we are. Thank you, Lord, for the examples that you've given to us. We just don't read your word and see a text in the, in, in, um, it's just simple text. We can look at the world that you've created and we see how you providentially care and provide for the things that you've created. How much more us, the crown of creation, us who are created in your image. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. And I ask you, Jesus, as we continue into this year and in, in, in the many years to come, that you'd help me, you'd help us all, Father, to remember to look to you in every decision that we make. In Jesus' strong and mighty name I pray. Amen.